Welcome everybody to the next episode of the Cannabis Review. I am delighted to be joined in this episode by Pete Patterson, who's the CEO of Alcon Medical. We're going to be talking all things Danish cannabis today. Pete, how are you keeping? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm delighted, mate. Great to have you on the show. Uh, I've been looking forward to getting somebody on from Denmark to discuss the overview of there. We've been going through the different countries throughout Europe, kind of piecing together the whole industry. So great to chat with you. Um, can you kind of give everybody an overview of how you got into the industry and how you got to CEO of Alcon Medical real quick? Sure, not a problem at all. Um, so for myself, I've been in the industry since uh, 2012, actually. Um, got started by founding uh, one of Canada's first private equity funds. Um, got that up and going, raised some capital, deployed some capital. Um, it was still very early days when just even talking about cannabis when you were out in restaurants or anything like that was a, a taboo. So um, yeah, it was it was challenging, but a lot of fun at the same instance. Uh, went on to found a company uh, called Vitalis Extraction Technology, um, and then uh, subsequently uh, sold that um, a number of years later. Um, and then found myself over here in Europe, um, making a number of investments here and there. And one of them uh, is Valken Medical. And so that organization was founded in late 2018. Um, and I've come over from Canada just to add uh, some of that cannabis experience um, and just to make sure that uh, everybody on the team is on the right track, which they are. Amazing. Okay, great. So I'm a wealth of experience. Can you kind of get everybody the cannabis in Denmark at the moment? From what I can see of uh, the reading I've done so far, you had the four-year plan extended there just recently in May. Um, so doctors can prescribe it there's uh, patients can have access to it, companies can license and export it. And I've recently found that there was a, a Danish grown product for sale in Germany pharmacies. Is this correct? That's correct. Yeah. And, and, how, and not available for Danish consumers as of yet. Is there a rule and regulation that hinders this or what would be the case to stop that? Yeah, so you know, if we when we start to take a look at the products that are available in Denmark right now, there's four. Um, there's three flowers that have been introduced by uh, Bedrocan, and then a capsule that's introduced by Aurora. Um, as it stands right now, there are no other products um, that have been introduced into Denmark by Danish companies. Um, it's not for lack of trying, um, and it's not for lack of the regulatory bodies um, wanting to allow it or accept it. it. Just takes time. That's really all it is. So you look at your major cultivators, such as um, uh, like say Aurora, for example, or you know Canopy's facility, which is now owned by Little Green Pharma, uh, Scroll Medical. Um, all of these organizations have um, a flower within the um, say product approval pipeline. Um, and just uh, going through the the checks and balances to make sure um, that it's going to be um, available and acceptable to um, the Danish government and then therefore uh, to the Danish patients. I'd say just because they have market authorization in Germany um, doesn't mean that they're automatically going to get it here in Denmark. The regulations or the bars are probably one of the one of the most or the most stringent that we're going to see in Europe from a quality perspective. Okay, so again, it's the kind of barrier to entry for the products there is just so high and the regulations are so strict. And here was us thinking EU GMP was the, the strictest of them all. Yeah, it's, it's not just EU GMP. Like there's, there's EU GMP, which is going to set your guidelines. But then, however, um, and these companies are all um, cultivating at incredible quality. Um, it's really going through the time that it takes for the stability testing and then alongside of that, making sure that they're doing all of the microbial uh, potency testing through the, that time and period, um, just to make sure that those products meet the 
yeah, the, the standards that the, the Danish medical system is going to be requiring. Um, on top of that, um, when you're taking a look at flour, um, just in its, in its rough form, it's a complex product. Um, and, and the microbials um, that can be, I guess, housed in this, in, in this product are probably of the greatest concern to the, um, to the Danish Medicines Agency. So they really are, they're not taking a look at accelerated stability or anything along those lines. They're taking a look at, you know, what's happening on a month to month basis um, in these true long stability studies, uh, just to make sure that this product is going to be safe for the, um, for the end patient. Yeah, and I was reading up about uh, Professor Anna Katharina uh, over there working in the Danish Institute Medical or Technological Institute doing some work on tissue cultures and whatnot. So it seems to be that Denmark is lining itself up to have every the, all the I's dotted and the T's crossed to uh, have it this made in Denmark. We've talked to the the Maltese uh, guys already, but you seem to be going for a made in Denmark is going to be the seal of approval. You reckon from the products coming out of there as well. We're going to see a lot of organizations you know, bringing in product into Europe from all over the world. Um, I think one thing that um, the rest of the world can expect from Denmark, as, as they have with, with any other product that comes out of Denmark, it's going to be um, incredibly high quality um, and the consistency is going to be there, right? Um, which is absolutely necessary for the pharmaceutical and med uh, medicinal worlds. Um, we, we have to make sure that we're creating the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, and that's something that's being very, very closely watched here. Yeah, exact dosage when it comes to the medical industry has to be down to the minute 0, 0.0 milligram. Um, can it. we move on to the next part, which is the Volcon medical story? You gave us a quick overview. Can you explain to us why the Danish industry, what the opportunity is there? And do you see Denmark having a step above the likes of we uh, personally i see ireland and malta being processing facilities for a large scale product being turned into pharmaceutical products and then being shipped into the european pharmacies do you see denmark having an upper step on the two territories i just mentioned there so here's where i see the um the exciting component of, of denmark and maybe taking a step back like we we evaluated from an investment perspective um you know where should we set up a facility um at the time, Denmark was one of the first countries that were allowing for um, the uh, processing um, and cultivation of medical cannabis. Um, there were a number of organizations that were getting set up to do cultivation here. And um, we also looked at the regulatory framework where there were no caps on how much you could cultivate. There were no caps on how much you could export. Um, and it was a it, it was very nice and straightforward um, uh, regulatory framework, which we appreciated. You know, coming out of the Canadian market, um, I don't know how many years we spent, you know, working with organizations and watching organizations saying, oh, we'll be licensed next month. We'll be licensed next month. And then two years later, they're still waiting on their licensing um, uh, because of the lack of transparency um, in that licensing process, unfortunately, and the, and the changing um, of the benchmarks, you might say, right? Versus Denmark, it's been very, very clear. So in terms of getting a license it's not easy to get a license here but it's very clear on what's required to be able to get a license so we saw that as a major benefit um, secondarily um, in terms of why denmark denmark um, i'd say probably about like 30 or 40 percent of their gdp comes out of the pharmaceutical space um, so there's a lot of professionals here that are used to working in the can uh, can not in the cannabis space but in the pharmaceutical space um, with transferable skills to the cannabis space 
And when I've seen some of the other other markets where they don't have that access to that type of professional labor pool, um, that can make a big impact in terms of the uh, reliability of the organization and the organization's ability to be able to produce a final product. Um, taking a look at Malta, um, taking a look at Ireland, both great spots, even from a tax perspective, uh, both great spots um, to be able to start up production. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you can see Northern Leaf, um, they're getting going over there in Jersey, for example, right? Um, you've got, uh, you know, our friends at Materia that's got a facility set up in Malta. Um, all of those are places that we took a look at, even Portugal. Um, it was a regulatory framework that really made a huge difference for us um, to say, look, is this a very straightforward regulatory framework? And is this something that we can act on? And, you know, we were founded or we founded this organization in late 2018. Um, so, and it's taken us this long to be able to get through, you know, the fundraising processes, the, um, the build out, um, then the licensing and validation, right? It takes, takes a very, very long time. Um, and Denmark at the time was was great for it and still has been um, an exceptional place to be able to do business. Yeah, a good business partner is a, is a hugely important thing when you're setting up in a different territory, for sure. Last topic of conversation, and I think you're going to have a wealth of knowledge on this topic, the Canadian LPs. Are we going to see one of them go and bust this year? Is, is it as is as big a shit show as I can see from over here in Ireland, or is it something <laughs> that they're going to pull out of the bag that for some reason to makes this billions of dollars of investment worthwhile? And I thought Hexa were on turning their corner, and they seem to be going the other way completely. So I can see three to four of those guys running low on capital, and who on earth is going to keep funding unless it's a current investor? So what do you see? as the next 12 to 24 months, do you see some merger and acquisitions there where there's left with like two players and, uh, and kind of they're, they're, they're able to survive on, on a much more leaner strategy or what do you see the next 12 or 24 months happening over there? Uh, of course, it's anybody's guess, right? In terms of what's gonna happen. Um, the Canadian LPs have done a phenomenal job at um, driving capital into the industry. Canada having um, the, the the stock exchanges available to, between the Canadian stock exchange, which has been, um, I guess, jokingly noted as the cannabis stock exchange or the CSE, um, and then on top of that with the TSX, right? So um, lots of organizations going public, lots of access to capital, and then that the traditional hype um, that brought in a ton of capital into the market um, to bring capital into that market for a company to say, hey, look, we're going to play it safe and we're going to build out. 20,000 square feet and kind of grow with the market that doesn't drive as much excitement as, Hey, we're going to build a facility that you can see from space, which we heard one of the founders uh, at one point say at a conference. Um, so, you know, uh, there was definitely a, a different components, uh, different strategies um, to what the end objective was. I think what we're, I shouldn't even say, I think what we're seeing right now is a lot more of a, a pragmatic approach within the, within the Canadian cannabis industry. And also that echoing throughout the global industry, whereas organizations are not saying, Hey, we're going to be everything and anything to anybody and everybody. Um, let's see what we can do to try to, to grow this company profitably. Um, we are seeing, you know, liquidity challenges, um, with a number of these spaces, but not without, uh, you know, some of these organizations are still strong assets on their balance sheet. And because they have that strong assets, it's really trying to commercialize those assets and figure out, okay, what can we do with these to um, turn a profit? You see Canopy trimming down um, quite dramatically, Aurora doing the same thing, um, and really just right-sizing their business um, because the industry isn't, 
it's growing fast. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, it's growing quite fast, but it's not growing as fast as they were maybe once previously expecting it. It'll still be a dominant industry. It's still going to be gigantic, um, but it takes time. Everything, like, it, it took time in Canada, and it takes even more time over here in Europe. And I think, I think what we're actually going to see is, yeah, some more consolidation happening, but also more specialization. Rather than companies saying, hey, look, we're going to, to own all the products and do all the testing and all the cultivation and all the extraction and all the everything, um, and you're spreading out your dollars so thin, right? Um, and you're spreading out your expertise uh, so thin. And if you look at most industries globally, outside of the cannabis industry, they don't operate like that. Um, even Apple, Apple, who said that with everything end to end, um, they have groups that manufacture products for them and and groups that will specialize across that supply chain. And I think that we're going to start to see more and more of that today in the cannabis space. Where we're going to see that specialization. You know, we look at it over here in Europe and it just doesn't make sense for a group to go and spend, you know, three to five million euros on setting up their own extraction facility to put out maybe 4,000, 5,000 bottles. And then some of the regulatory, regulatory changes might cause them to repivot, have to pick up some more capital assets and then um, deploy again. And when it takes, you know, 24 to 36 months to, um, to build out and, and then even before you bring a new product to market, just, just building out and getting qualified, um, that's a long time and a lot can change during that time. So I think specialization is definitely the, the path to the future. Okay, and last word before we go, we know medical is going to be dominant in Europe for the next few years, but do you see there being a dispensary style model at some stage in Europe uh, to, to copy the kind of uh, American model? You know what? Um, like the Canadians started with a mail-in, uh, a mail-in medical cannabis program, right? Where um, you could pick up uh, your orders um, online and um, have them delivered to you, which was quite interesting. Versus Europe, we already see a physical presence. So I think that step to dispensary model, once a recreational program comes into play, I don't think that's so far out of hand. Um, it's it's already in existence. There's a distribution platform already in place. Um, and so stepping into maybe something a little bit more recreation, um, once it's approved, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I do see that happening. Yeah, I've started to see now a lot of with the passing of the European Commission and you can sell CBD flower now legally in the European Union. So I've seen a, a huge influx of CBD flower being sold at a, mm -hmm. a good price, same as CBD hash. And I know of a couple of stores opening up in Austria and France where they'll be selling CBD flour and CBD hash. And I think that'll be a quick turnaround just to be able to add THC into their inventory model. But it's an exciting industry and lots to look forward to over the next couple of years. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Pete. We've got a time limit of 15 minutes, so we're just coming up to that now. Hopefully we'll get to talk again in the future about the Danish industry and how everything's gone for you guys. I appreciate your time. Thanks everybody for watching. We shall talk to you again soon.